welcome to the Church Podcast, talking all things ministry so you can do church better. I'm your co-host, Chris Wesley, in Tampa, joined live with John Ronaldo. John, you're sitting across the table from me, literally not looking into your laptop, seeing me. Like, how's it going, man? It's weird. We're actually face-to-face and having a conversation together, yeah. which is really powerful. Uh, it's something we have not done. It's the first episode that we've done where we're face-to-face, live, together, doing this uh, out of what 50 some odd you know whatever whatever episodes that we're in so this is really exciting and of course as we talked about in previous podcasts it was NCCYM 2016 two years ago in San Jose where this whole endeavor was launched so that two years ago is when we said let's do this let's create the church podcast and here we are two years later and we're going strong. I know, I know. And this is a little risky because you, you hear background noise. Um, you know, someone could, you know, accidentally curse. It is a Catholic conference, right? <laughs> accidentally curse or something in the background. Uh, we will go unfiltered, unedited with you all. Um, I'm excited because it's not only our first podcast where we're in person together, but we've got a really special guest. And this is kind of uh, uh, because of you and, and some recent news in your life. Uh, why don't you introduce who's joining us and, and kind of what, uh, what what's going on? Yeah, absolutely. Well, some of you who are, are faithful listeners, two weeks ago, you may remember, we I had announced that I was uh, in being involved in a new ministry, uh, joining the team at the Paris Success Group. And I'm excited today because the executive director, Rich Curran, is here with us to talk about some of the work at the Paris Success Group and to talk about leadership in the church. Rich, welcome to the Church Podcast. How are you, my friend? Well, I'm doing great, but honestly, I feel like I'm peeking behind the curtain in a little moment you two are having. <laughs> I, I didn't realize it was the first time you had seen each other face-to-face. We, we, so. we should have prepped you for that. Yeah. So, yeah, it's yeah. very emotional yeah. right now. <laughs> well, your listeners are missing out, I can tell you that. So. It's no, it's good to be here. It's wonderful, obviously, to be in Tampa, where I live in Wisconsin, and it's warmer here. It's so. about 65 degrees outside. Uh, Rich is wearing shorts and a T-shirt because this is summer weather for him, and I should be wearing a jacket because, you know, being a California native, I'm cold. Yeah, I, I just have poor <laughs> circulation. That's why I, I wear a jacket all the time. Plus, after uh, that meal we just had. I'm uh, digesting. It's like kind of my Thanksgiving sort of thing. You're, you're you know? hiding yeah. your, uh, yourself. There yeah, you exactly. I'm hiding my shame of the Cuban sandwich I just <laughs> ate. But uh, Well, Rich, tell us a little bit about your background, how long you've been with Paris Success Group, and what was it that motivated you to start this ministry? Yeah, so um, background, been in ministry oh, almost 30 years, a little shy of 30 years. Uh, Catholic youth ministry and so we actually started not in youth ministry started doing street ministry in the inner city of Minneapolis working with street kids and gang kids Uh, and then uh, I had moved back home Chicago's home and so I had moved back home uh, to be with family and got married and started in this thing called youth ministry Uh, was never my intent or actually originally I was accepted to law school I was supposed to go to law school to be a lawyer and uh, once I started working in the inner city with street kids I never went to law school. I never accepted my deferment. I just moved on and some days I often think about what my life would be like as an attorney or at least the condition of my house as, a, as an attorney, but uh, the journey has been wonderful. And so I, I spent um, almost 12 years in ministry in Chicago and then uh, came up to uh, Wisconsin. I married a cheese head, but in truth, I uh, was led up to Wisconsin to take over the diocesan position. Uh, 
in the Diocese of Green Bay. So I was their director of youth and young adult ministry, not to do events, but more to go out and um, teach parishes. I was, when I was hired, in fact, it was with the explicit intention by uh, Lee Nagels, the person that had hired me. And he said, I don't want to hire somebody to do events. I want somebody to be a road warrior because our parishes need hands-on support. And so if you're willing to do that and show them how you built ministry uh, in Chicago, we'd love to have you. And so that kind of began the whole diocesan ministry. And uh, like both of you who are out there um, and receive invitations to different things, that uh, at some point about seven years ago, I had to pick a lane because I was away from my family too much. I was on the road too much. And so that's what led the journey of walking that leap of faith and going off on my own. And five years ago, my wife and I invested our savings to start Parish Success Group. Five years later, I have a John Ronaldo on my team. And so, uh, you know, God does provide miracles, I suppose, you know, but... Uh, Anyway, so that's that's the background story. Parish Success Group in the, the elevator speech is basically a Catholic nonprofit that teaches parishes and dioceses uh, not the theology side of ministry, but the organizational leadership management, um, how to scale it, how to multiply it, find the right talent, get rid of the wrong talent, that, the, the businessy side of ministry and the human side of ministry. So that if you have the right people on the team, put smart people in the room like we're trying to do with Parish Success Group, uh, you can solve a lot of problems that mm -hmm. way. And what are some of the results that you've seen? You've been at this for a while now, and and so you've seen some success stories. What are some of the big results that you've seen in the parishes and dioceses that you've worked with? Well, I mean, you know, you don't, don't to my own, our own horn, it's not just me because there are other coaches too, but the reality is uh, we're, the, we're getting measurable results, double-digit growth. Mass attendance uh, is is up double digits. Uh, Sunday offertory is up five, ten, seven percent. Um, those are all measurable growths. Uh, for me, you know, more of the hidden numbers are things like when you see uh, RCIA numbers doubling and tripling, when you see religious education enrollments, which have historically been declining, going the other direction. And so, uh, when we see our parishes. Uh, let's say they had 200 registered in May and they come back in September and now they're at 240. It means 40 new young people and families that are coming back are being reintroduced to the Lord. And so our mission field, our mission ground, is uh, not so much to reach all people everywhere, but let's just start with the Catholics who have stopped coming. Because if you don't pay attention to them, you actually don't have a theology problem, you have a math problem because eventually you're going to have nobody in your church. And so most parishes we find get stuck there. Mm -hmm. We don't even know who they are. They won't, they won't come to anything. Well, well, the first thing is they're not reading your bulletin, so let's move to a different model. <laughs> right. And so anyway, so in a nutshell, that's really what we do. And watching those parishes come alive and, quite frankly, become self-sufficient. Um, and to see ministers gain competence where they're like, I, I think I got this. That's literally why we created this ministry. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. And then what we ask parishes to do as part of the agreement when we coach them is they have to be willing and put in writing, they have to be willing to help the next person once they're self-sufficient. Mm -hmm. Then I will refer to them. They're going to have to be willing to kind of reach behind and help the next one. So. 
So having been at this for a while, you've been working with a lot of different parishes, a lot of different areas, parts of the country. What are some of the common denominators? What do you think are some of the things that is stopping churches from growing, stopping the development of intentional disciples in these parishes? What is it? Are there common pieces or are they totally different depending on the parish? How long is this podcast? Um, (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me hit that. Let me... There are a lot of common threads. Obviously, every single unique area has their own little niche kind of challenges. Um, In general, I would say that uh, no matter where you are in the United States or Canada, um, I'm not as familiar with the rest of the world, but uh, one of your biggest challenges, you don't have leadership having intentional conversations. That's the first thing. When we get together as staff, they're sitting around the circle, they talk about what's on their calendar or what event's coming and who's moving you know, out of this meeting room, which that's fine, that's great. But at the end of the day, if you never talk about our goal was to increase by 3%, which means that we are going after 200 more souls. And how are we gonna do it? If you've never had that conversation, it's like losing weight. If you if you don't get focused on what you're eating, you're never going to lose weight. If you don't focus on your budget, you're never going to fix your finances. If you don't focus on the mission and how we're going to grow the mission and keep your focus on it, you're never going to grow it. So we're not having those conversations in most parishes. And so that's pretty common and that really crosses uh, ethnicities. It crosses... Uh, socioeconomic um, whether you're urban or rural I see that common thread across most parishes it's interesting it's almost like we get stuck on the macro in the wrong areas and the micro in in other areas you know and uh, um, because uh, I think anyone who's been a part of a church has had that experience where you sit in that meeting you're discussing everything from the um, you know the sign that sits on the you know lobby desk of the parish center to you know how we're gonna plan uh, Christmas Eve mass, right? Mm-hmm. And it's and sometimes you're like, why did we just spend 30 minutes on this when we and only five minutes on this and, and feeling like out of the loop too. Um, I know with Marathon, when I talk to a lot of youth ministers, they say, I feel like uh, my parish council knows more than I do, and I'm, I, you know, and people come up to me and say like, I heard about this thing, and all of a sudden uh, it's the first time they've heard that. So there's a breakdown in that communication, especially in the meeting circles. So. Yeah. And obviously that's a, that's a leadership thing, but it kind of flows into the second major common thread I see across is, um, I think there are a lot of parishes that have people that are very willing, but they don't have the skills. We have, you could make an argument, obsessed over theological training, and we've trained them theologically to know the correct answer but we haven't taught them to oversee an operations, which in some cases could be hundreds of volunteers or families. And we still have individuals trying to do everything because nobody ever taught them how to scale it, how to multiply it, how to manage it, and how to extend it further. And that's, that's youth ministry, that's religious education, that's pastors, that's deacons, it's if you have an adult formation person, it's adult formation. It's um, And so that's not necessarily the minister's fault because there's also not a lot of opportunities to do that. Yeah. All three of us have done an awful lot of diocesan events. Uh, we all lead uh, those kind of things, and we know most of them come in, and it's topic-based. Right. 
it's not skill based. Right. And so, uh, if you only can work off of your base of knowledge, and yet now I'm responsible for a couple hundred people, but I don't know how to lead those people. I am a leader in the sense that I'm in charge, but I'm not leading anyone mm -hmm. because nobody's following. That's right. Yeah. And so, um, so those are. I mean, we could do this. We we spend all weekend on that one topic if you really wanted to. But, <laughs> no, yeah. But because I'm even wondering, like, you know, you say uh, you, you talk about it. You know, going from topical to strategic and everything. Um, and we spend a lot of time on the, the, theological, like education, where um, I feel like people get feel threatened when you say we're gonna take the focus a little bit off of the, theology. Not like leave it behind, but take the focus off and, and focus on these other skill sets. How do you help people get through that or overcome that 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 hump? Yeah, I mean, you know, the irony is it's almost with the assumption that it's neither or, right? Because right. it's apparently not possible to be both and. Right. right? right, right you know, right. like when I first started ministry, I, I knew I needed more theological training because I didn't grow up and I, it was never my life's desire to right. go into ministry. Right. So I knew I, that was the obvious one, right? I, I, I can't quote scripture if I don't know scripture, right? right? So I needed to study those things. But I also knew, look, I'm in front of people all the time. It's probably pretty important that I learn how to do public speaking and how to do it well. That if I'm supposed to market, it took me all of about three days on the job as a young youth minister to figure out the bulletin is the worst place to market. But if that's where I'm going to start with, and they gave me software of Microsoft Publisher, no offense to Microsoft people out there, but... Microsoft Publisher is not the most innovative way and the most compelling way. Well, those are skill sets I didn't have. And so th th there is a wide host when it comes to fundraising, when it comes to talking with adults, when it comes to um, putting together um, marketing. Web Nowadays it would be websites and you know all the podcasts and all these kind of things. When I talk about developing skills, it doesn't necessarily mean I personally have to have it, but I have to surround myself with those skills. And I have to have the leadership knowledge to know I need those people on my team. I just don't necessarily have to go get all that training myself. And so one of the things that people get overwhelmed by is, when would I do that? I don't have the time. I don't need you to have time. I just need you to understand we need to bring that talent to the table. Um, it really starts poking at, if we're being truthful, at a, a little deeper issue, which is what I, it's a spiritual issue. Mm -hmm because it's this need to control, this need that is my program. Well, the first thing we have to understand is not your program, that we are responsible for it, and there are numerous biblical passages, not the least of which is the, the parable of the talents, but our job as leaders is to multiply talent, not do stuff. And so it is not physically possible for me to minister in a relational intentional take a child who only kind of knows the Lord and become a full-fledged disciple that's hard enough to do with a handful of kids let alone hundreds of kids who in my parish I'm not responsible just for the ones who responded to the bulletin article I'm responsible for all those kids right whether they come or not and so the only way to do that is I have to increase the team mm. well I need some skills to do that right you know so right so that's the both and part of it do you think also it's kind of the realization where I get into ministry because I want to be with people like and have these like intimate conversations or these relationships and then all of a sudden uh, this fear of if I become a manager that I'm no longer in the trenches that now I'm like kind of in corporate like structure or, or something like that. I think it's a fear. I um, quite frankly, I 
I'm assuming you two have. I know I went through that. Mm-hmm. And so when we, when I started in youth ministry, first of all, I was given the names of three kids, which if we're being truthful, meant their parents right. were involved. Kids didn't give a squat. And there was no youth ministry. So it is a little bit easier when you're, when you're starting from scratch than having to follow someone else. Um, especially like if I was at Nativity now. I'm not following <laughs> Chris, you know. And so, but anyway, um, when we did that, though, one of the things I saw in my own self was really it was very much a spiritual letting go. And I noticed it actually when I was at a couple of youth events and I noticed my name on the t-shirt. And I was like, oh my God, look, look, my name's on there. And it was, a, I was doing a, a, a Christian music festival. And so I was the Catholic guy, right? And right. way back when Matt, I mean, I'm supposed to name drop, right? But Matt Maher wasn't even, yeah. Matt Maher wasn't Matt Maher. Matt Maher was a piano player at St. Tim's in Mesa, right. Arizona, right? And so, but Matt was just starting with this worship together thing. And so he came up and, and he was touring with, um, gosh, I can't even remember who it was right now. Um, anyway, it was one of the Christian music news. That wasn't newsboys. Anyway, it's one of those guys. Was it Chris Tomlin? No, it no. was before he recorded oh, okay. his oh, yeah. his you know little you know God you're a good guy right. uh, kind of song with Chris. But anyway, I had realized my name was, was up there with the jars of clays of the world, and I was like, oh my God, we got to buy all these T-shirts and stuff. And quite honestly, it was my wife who pointed out. Have you lost your focus? And it was, is this about you? Do you want to be around the kids because you need to be around the kids? Or is this really about the mission? Because if it's about the mission, anybody should be able to be around the kids. And if you go out and get hit by a bus, that ministry has to start all over again. Did you really do your job? Or do you just want to make sure that your legacy is survives? And so... At the end of the day, that's a spiritual question. And there's a lot of surrender in that. The other thing is, theologically, of course, as Catholics, we also believe that it is in being broken and poured out that, of course, God multiplies. And so instead of now being able to reach 20 or 30 kids, we ended up scaling and became 500 kids. But it was 500 kids with an army of people. And so that never would have happened had I had this need to be up front. You know, we, we talked last night in our staff meeting. I said, my goal in building Paris Successor, I'm going to surround myself with the smartest flipping people I can find. And last and night. And you only found me. That's and, too bad. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, we're finding some pretty amazing people. But, you know, and last night I was only half joking, but the reality is I'm the least qualified guy in that room. I and mean, mm. these guys all have all these PhDs and, M, you know, uh, MBAs and all the, you know, they're teaching at universities. Right. I'm like, I don't do any of that, but man, I'm glad you're all on this team. <laughs> right. You know, so. Right. But there's something to say about ego and pride, right? Absolutely. It, and, and it, that's natural. It's human nature, right, for us to, to be caught up in that, right? And I always love what Ken Blanchard said about what ego is. It's E-G-O. It stands for two things. It could be exalting God only or edging God out. And for me, that always was a healthy reminder of like, is my ego getting in the way? Is it edging God out? Or am I truly about exalting God only? Because if I am, then my pride and my ego, it's not, it's not about that. I need to lift up God and I need to go in the background. It's like we are called to be the John the Baptist of the world who point and say, there is the Lamb of God, there is Jesus. So you, all my disciples, it's time for you to go follow him and not me. 
And that's where we get caught up. I think all of us get caught up in that, even today, you know, and I don't care how, how old we are, how mature we are, you know, that's an issue that we constantly need to pray about uh, and, and constantly keep reminding ourselves that we are God's servant. It's not about us. I tell you, that's hard though. That's hard for all of us. Andy Stanley has a great quote on it uh, where he says, Steward, uh, leadership is stewardship and you're responsible. And I was working uh, with, with this, uh, I work with this nonprofit um, and I was talking to the executive director and he was just saying like, yeah, when I first took this, I thought it was gonna be a three to five year gig and I've been in it three years and I, I know that this isn't long term, but I wanna stick around and make sure I leave it better than I found it. And, uh, and, and so the question like myself and there was another guy there asked was, well, are you doing that? Like, do you feel like that this is your ministry? Or do you feel like you're setting it up for the next person for the you know the bigger mission? And I think that that takes a lot of humility to say like this is the, even if I started this organization, it's not mine. It's God's. And how am I taking the best care of it so that it can continue to do what God's called it to to do? Yeah. Well, it's almost like as if you believe nobody else could do it better. Oh yeah. yeah. You know. Well, reality is we all have different gifts and talents. And right. So. Is it somebody would do it better, or is it between all of us with different skill sets? We're going to multiply five times over, mm. you know. Mm -hmm. And so it's just. But again, you got to stay focused on the mission. Right. And so at your parish level, and the parishes that are stuck in the ministries, or even you know a lot of your youth ministers are in, or listeners are in youth ministry, and they have they have volunteer teams, you know. Do we really know the talents that are around that circle, and do we allow those talents to come out? Mm. You know, or parish staffs, you know, it, they might be praying in the presence of each other, but are they really praying with each other? Do they know each other? Do they, do they know how the Lord spoke to them each and called them into being? And, and that if I can look at you and know your journey, now we're starting to build chemistry. Well, isn't that what Jesus did with the disciples? You know, yeah. and every time we get there, I would love to have known what the conversations that would have had around campfires. Right, right. You know, it, it would have been great. Um, maybe they even sang some song. I don't know what they would have done. Yeah. yeah. Pretty sure it was Kumbaya. Kumbaya? Kumbaya. Yeah. 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 Kumbaya. Could have yeah. been. Sure. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, they certainly weren't talking about, you know, facility management, right? You know, oh. and who's using which parish hall at what time, you know. So. Although, you know, that's where some of the arguments uh, happen and everything like that. The There's biggest the arguments happen yeah, in facilities. The, the, um, you know, I, I often love how uh, great, uh, I, I love just the story of Jesus sending the two disciples into town to find the place for the Last Supper, right? You know, because it's kind of, that's great delegation right there. You know, and then the discussion over the tax. And then, uh, you know, um, the the big argument is when James and John are like, who's going to sit next to Jesus in heaven, you know, like, <laughs> and just having those kind of arguments and those conversations. So I think like, um, you know, that's where some of those arguments do happen. Yeah. But, uh, but it's human nature, yeah, right? It's, it's nature, part of our yeah. original sin. It's it's who we are. And we, mm -hmm. we constantly need to be in prayer and, uh, and, and focusing everything we do on God. And it's not easy. Yeah. You know, none of us are pretending that it is. So. Definitely, definitely. Rich, tell us a little bit more about the Paris Success Group and how people might, if they want to find out more about Paris Success Group, how they can get a hold of you, where they can get some more information about what, what you got going on. Yeah, so, you know, the Paris Success Group, one of the things that, that we're doing, and you are obviously now a, a part of that as well, but multiplying, uh, we're trying to be very intentional about building a team of highly experienced practitioners who bring a unique skill set that represents the church. And so um, bringing into the team uh, Armando Cervantes, um, who is going to kind of 
manage and, and oversee our Hispanic effort and what, what do we need in Hispanic ministry in order to really scale and grow and multiply and those are unique and you know the three of us happen to be Caucasians and but it's different you know bringing in uh, Ansel Augustine from down in, in New Orleans you know and Ansel is very uh, well versed in urban and black Catholic ministry and again very different very unique you know and so that's really what we want to do. Uh, we've created some partnerships um, with J.S. Pollock and World Library, where we are their official coaching firm now. And so all parishes who are J.S. Pollock through bulletins or World Library and music and liturgy and whatnot, they can receive discounts on, on all of our training. But it also opened up the opportunity to bring liturgical experts onto the team. You know, and so that's really what we're trying to do. And if you know, if we could be of any of assistance or together with you know Marathon Youth Ministry, um, the goal is how do we help you grow and help the mission grow and bring more people. And so the way they reach us is ParishSuccessGroup.com. But uh, the reality is we're all here to serve. Well, and what I love about that is it's so kingdom-minded in the sense where, like, you or these partnerships are just showing again how we are one body with many different parts, many different skill sets, and we function the best, we work the best, we evangelize the best when we work as that body and 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 can serve one another and reach out to one another. And that's why I, uh, having you on here, not just because John is now a part of the team, but having you on here, I think, is so important for parishes to to hear that. Um, so again, what's the web website again that they can reach out? Yeah, parishsuccessgroup.com okay. uh, is the easiest way. And all our phone numbers, emails, all that stuff is, is on there. You can, if you've never seen John's mug, John's face is up there now, so you can go, can't throw <laughs> not, an art not a pretty sight. Yeah, it's, yeah. Not a pretty it's the airbrushed side. version of what Yo, we're absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I probably need to update that photo. I don't know how old that photo is. It might be. Uh, it's a little GQ. It might be a little but that's yeah. all right. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you know, I am that attractive, so yeah. that's yeah. all good. Yeah. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah. But this is. I mean, this has been wonderful. It's been an awful lot of fun. I appreciate it. Certainly. Yeah. Um, very much affirm what you're doing yes. in Marathon Youth Ministry yes. and. And, and keep up the great works. Your listeners are just blessed uh, yeah. to be a part of that along with the two of you and, yeah. and both of your talents and you complement each other really well. And so kudos to all your listeners yeah. who are tuning in. And you know, for, for me, people who are actively following your blog, what that really tells me is that they're actively engaged in never being satisfied. Yeah. Never be satisfied, always develop myself. Yeah. I wanna be surrounded by the smartest people possible. You do that, you're already on the track to success. Definitely. People who think they know everything, that really are the ones that are stuck. Oh yeah, oh yeah. So keep up the great work that you guys are doing. Thank you, thank you very much. So uh, again, we'll, we'll have a link uh, uh, on our website, thechurchpodcast.org. And if you have questions uh, that uh, you wanna ask Rich, you know, just of course go to the parishsuccessgroup.com website. Um, and if you have any questions that you want us to address here on the show, uh, you can always email us at, at questions at thechurchpodcast.org. Again, questions at thechurchpodcast.org. John, if people want to connect with you on social media, how can they find you? Yeah, well, I'm at, uh, on Twitter at John Ronaldo, on Facebook, John M. Ronaldo. And of course, not only do you have my website, johnronaldo.com, but now you're going to find me over at parasuccessgroup.com as well. Awesome. And you can find me at marathonyouthministry.com. You can follow me on Twitter. Uh, Chris R. Wesley and Instagram and Facebook at Marathon Youth Ministry. Uh, Rich, again, this 
pleasure and uh, so glad that we could have you on the show. Uh, we close every show with prayer because what we're doing is, is for God. So let's pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you uh, for this time to talk about church strategy. Uh, in the midst of this conference, Lord, uh, an opportunity to talk about things that we can do uh, better uh, in regards to working as a team, working as a body uh, of your church, Lord, and uh, reaching more people. And I ask that the leaders listening to this, uh, that they remind themselves that they are stewards, Lord, stewards of your good work, stewards of your opportunities, stewards of your church, Lord. And uh, we can only thank you uh, for allowing us to be a part of this, for inviting us to uh, walk, uh, walk alongside of people and share the good news with them. And so, God, I pray that through this conference and through organizations like the Parish Success Group, Lord, that we're able to remind people that it's all about you. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.